Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I had a chance to catch up with my friend, Ivana Oli, to hear about her journey of starting a company with her nine-year-old daughter, Zoe, called Beautiful Curly Me. Beautiful Curly Me is a brand that encourages young girls to love and be confident in who they are. How great is that? Ever since we recorded this podcast, I've been trying to think about how I can begin starting companies with my kids. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, I'm so excited about this episode because I get to reconnect with an old friend and uh, colleague and uh, hear about this amazing business she's been building. So Ivana, would you tell everybody who you are and what you do? I am so excited to be here, Jeff. My name is Ivana Oli. I am the co-founder and mom-in-chief of Beautiful Curly Me. Beautiful Curly Me is a brand that I run with my nine-year-old daughter, Zoe, and we are on a mission to empower young Black girls to be confident in who they are. We do this through dolls that reflect their natural beauty, hair care products, and Zoe is actually the recent author of two children's books. Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like you're living my dream. So we will get into that. But the last time I saw you, I think was when you were at Honeybake. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And you had had a, a pretty um, extensive career before that, didn't you? Weren't you at like um, CNN and Delta and GP? Georgia and- Pacific. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I definitely had a, a I've had a, a few stops that are, are some really great companies. Um, definitely, um, you know, think back about my experiences there. And just, you know, I think those experiences have really helped me get to, you know, work on really building this business out to what it is today. Uh, but yes, I've worked um, at various companies, like you mentioned, I um, mean, you know, e-commerce, digital marketing. My most recent role at Honey Big Time was director of omni-channel marketing. And so it's really all been about customer engagement um, and just creating experiences um, for for brands. Yeah. And obviously that experience is, is allowing you to be successful in your business. I'm curious though, I, I saw you got an MBA at Emory. Is that right? Yes, I did. Did, did you have plans to start your business one day? You know, it's something I've thought about in the past, but to be honest with you, it just, it wasn't, it didn't look like what it looks like today. I guess I'll say it that way. Uh, and so, yeah, I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug, um, even as a child, uh, just thinking back about, you know, working with, in, with my family, my uh, my parents um, wrote books and, and had like a nonprofit organization in Nigeria. And so I would always man the book table and I would always do those types of things in terms of just like getting dry, helping drive awareness for their organization. And um, so I've always had that. And then even in college, I used to throw events and organize events on the side and throw parties on the side and do different things like that. And so uh, that streak has always been in me. But to be honest, I just 
this business was really Zoe's idea. Uh, I was happy in corporate. I was doing my thing. I'm really climbing the corporate ladder and really enjoying my marketing roles. Um, but, you know, going through the experience that we went through was really the genesis of the business. Yeah. And, and I, I would love for you to tell that story when she approached you and, and yes, how old she was. Yes. Yeah. How did that happen? Absolutely. So literally she came home from school one day um, and asked me, you know, mommy, why is my hair not straight um, like my classmates? So why isn't it pretty? She actually used those words. And I was taken aback because that's the last thing I expected to hear from her. Yes, she was in a predominantly white um, classroom, uh, but in my mind, it just I didn't see or think that, you know, it would affect her in any way. And so just to hear my daughter say that to me, it really broke my heart because who wants to hear their daughter say, you know, they don't feel beautiful and it's because, you know, they don't look like the person next to them. And so, of course, I sprung into mummy mode and I said, you know, so, you know, you're beautiful. Don't say that. You know, your hair is lovely. Don't say that. And then she turns and looks at me. And at the time <laughs> I had a, <laughs> I had long, long extensions in my hair. And so uh, I really wasn't modeling what I was telling her. And that's that's the lesson I learned from that. And so she points at me and she literally says, mommy, uh, but you're not wearing your hair. <laughs> and I paused and I, I thought about it. And I said, wow. You're right. Um, but what I said to her at the time, I said, yeah, but, you know, mommy's, you know, I, of course I did all the things I had to do. But she got me thinking. And um, that wasn't the first time she said that to me. She said that to me again. You know, she said it on she said it on multiple occasions. And so it really got me thinking, OK, what am I really portraying to my daughter and what message am I really giving her um, about, you know, her confidence? And so um, encouraging her to to love herself, encouraging her to embrace her curls. I um, did, a you know. Did a lot of things like I got her books to affirm her. Um, and then one of the things I did was buy her a black doll. And so she really loved the doll. Um, she was playing with her, but then she started asking me, why doesn't this doll have hair like mine? And that actually gave me pause because I didn't even think about it again. Uh, we, I guess there's just little things, nuances that you don't pick up on because, again, I grew up in, uh, all, in an all-Black society um, in Nigeria. And so for me, I didn't have that um, experience growing up that she does here in America. Mm. And so I think that really played a role in just my personal ignorance of, of how um, to really handle this. And this is my first child. So, of course, I had no, no context. So I would say um, it was definitely a learning experience for the both of us um, as we kind of navigated this this whole process. Uh, but when she said she, you know, why didn't the doll have hair like mask? Oh, wow. So I went to the store to go try to look for something. I didn't find any dolls with curls. Um, and Bert, she mentioned braids specifically. Sometimes, you know, we would corner her hair. And I said, wow, Zoe, I can't find anything um, in the stores. And she said, well, I want to make a business. Is what she says. I want to make a business. I want to make dolls for girls. I want to make a, a, you know, a doll for uh, a doll with braids, a doll with curls. I think that would be so nice, mom. And so I, I kind of laughed it off and, you know, didn't think much of it. But, you know, she kept talking about it and she kept harping on it. And she said, mommy, I want to make a business. And so we did it. Here we are. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, amazing that um, <laughs> that you went from that story to now having a business where like, I mean, right. I can see in the background, you've got actual dolls and now she's written books. <laughs> so I, I get where your sort of entrepreneurial spirit came from. Very clear in your story with your parents. Had she been exposed to the idea that, hey, I could just start a business doing this? 
Honestly, no. Uh, and this is how, you know, entrepreneurs are really born. I believe that. Um, I know anyone can start a business and anyone can do this. But I think there is a special gene that's in, it's in, that's, in, that's in you that really drives you. And that, you know, you know, entrepreneurship. I mean, you're an entrepreneur yourself, uh, multiple businesses. And um, it's not easy. It's very challenging. And so you really have to have that passion and drive. And so for me, hearing that from her, I was taken aback. Because, again, like I just said, she hadn't been exposed to entrepreneurship, really, that I can think of. No, yeah. she was six years old. <laughs> my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, so, and one of the things I did want to share, I don't know if you've read any books by Ijeoma Aluo. She wrote, um, So You Want to Talk About Race. And then the one that I read that really impacted me the most was Mediocre. Um, but po- point is, in that book, she talks about growing up and as an African-American female in this country and um, and the decisions and um, angst she had about her hair. And mm. I'm, I'm, I think I read this last year, so I was 44. I never knew that was a thing. I mean, yeah. as, as a white man, I never knew that was even a part of the challenge. And so I just love that you're addressing this and bringing it to life. We have two adopted Chinese children. And mm. it's interesting because we, we go to, um, a, we happen to go, it's the closest hair, hair place, a haircut place to our house, but it's, mm. you know, like five Chinese women. Right. And so one time we couldn't take my son, um, to that place and went to like a sports club or something. And they really messed up his hair. I mean, it, it, it was oh, interesting. Wow. And so when we went yeah. back, they like, you know, chastised us for going to a place <laughs> that didn't understand how to you know, take care of his hair. So I, I, I get right. a tiny bit of it, but what, so, so what happened from those conversations to where you said we can build a business because looking at your experience, I guess maybe at Georgia Pacific, but like, it seems, and I have started multiple businesses. It seems incredibly daunting to create a, like a physical doll for children. I mean, I don't even yes. know where you start to do that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, I love what you said um, about, uh, just, you know, the fact that you really didn't realize this was a thing. So, you know, our hair is our crown and glory. And I think for years, um, society has told Black women that our hair was not enough. Our hair was not beautiful. And, you know, it's reinforced with the media. And even growing up myself, um, in, even, even in Africa, in Nigeria, and other parts of the world, we're always told that the straight hair was better. So you find people relaxing their hair. I used to have a perm and you find, you know, there's always that need to have that straight look, which is what I was going through when I was in corporate America too. And so I think I had that identity crisis, which is why I was wearing the extensions. And so um, her telling me that really was a wake up call for me because I said, you know what? I have to be an example to this girl and I really have to show her. And that's when I decided to start wearing my hair natural. And it was a huge step. I felt so much apprehension, which is what a lot of women feel actually, you know, because you feel like you'll be looked down on a little bit or looked at sideways or it just, you wouldn't fit in. And why do we want to fit in? Right. And Mm -hmm. so, but that's something that has been, you know, you've been mentally programmed for years and you don't realize it till something like a six-year-old girl's comment really wakes you up inside. And so I'm really glad of the, uh, proud, uh, you know, for the strides that are being made in this whole arena with the crown act and things like that to really encourage, um, um, or, you know, discourage discrimination of natural hair against, you know, people with natural hair and biases and things like that in the workplace. But there's still a lot of work to be done. And so for us, um, you know, this is our little way of helping young girls start early to embrace this, these curls. And, you know, I think the world that they're going to grow up into um, is one where 
hopefully they won't have to face the challenges that we faced where, um, you know, you're, you feel like you're not being treated equally or things like that, or you're being made fun of or things like that because of your, your hair. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just to answer your question about how we went from, <laughs> from the, the comment to actually growing the business, uh, or building the business rather. Uh, so, you know, she kept harping on and on about it. Like, mommy, we need to start this business. What are we doing? And so I started doing research because, again, I had no toy industry experience. Um, yeah, um, GPS package goods. And so there's a little bit of, of, of product stuff there, but not necessarily toys. It's very different. And so it was really just trial by fire. And so I was doing a lot of research online, um, trying to talk to folks, um, reaching out to people in the industry who I knew. Um, I didn't really know anyone in toys, but, you know, just trying to get those connections. But again, it was really all just legwork of, of, of reaching out to vendors and designers and out there scouring the webs and just trying to piece it all together. Uh, but for me, it was very important that you know, it was a joint effort because it was her business. And yes, she was young, but I wanted, I, I felt it was very important to expose her to every single challenge along the way. And so we would sit and we would have meetings like we'd still do today. And we laid out our plan and um, said, you know, what do you envision? What do you see? Um, you know, sketch it out if you, you know you have an idea of what you think it should look like. Um, and then along the way, um, I was also looking for a hair care solution for a nighttime for her. And so looking in the beauty supply stores, didn't really find anything that was pretty for a young girl, but in quality um, to really protect the curls at nighttime. And so um, I made her a, a satin sleep cap. She loved it so much. And everyone like around, like when she go for sleepovers, they were like, oh my God, this is so pretty. And so, um, you know, they started asking us. And so she asked me, mommy, we should make one. When we get the doll, we should make one to match the doll. I, I can make one to match my doll that I have right now. And so that was a novel idea that she came up with. Um, and so along the way, working through the doll process, I had to sort of fold that in as well. Uh, but again, it was just all trial and error sampling design working with designers um from upward like sourcing people from just everywhere and just trying to make it happen and so um i would say i just leaned in in my uh just mindset around just you know you gotta try you know try when you, when it fails you try again and so that's just what i did mm. and so that's been so so when when would you say you officially started the business I would say we officially, so we incorporated, uh, got our LLC in November of 2018, but I would say we officially launched in January of 2019 because we basically missed holiday. We ordered our first shipment of dolls and (laughs) they came late. (laughs) So uh, we pretty much missed Christmas. So January is really when we we truly launched. January 2019. January 2019. Are you... Are you now, were you then full-time on this? Like, have you jumped out and this is all you're doing? Uh, yes, just right around that time I was transitioning. And so I was uh, transitioning from Honey Big Tam and I was in the job market, sort of still dabbling and looking and interviewing. Uh, so I decided, I made a decision, you know, just after going through that process, I said, you know what, if we're going to give this a, a shot, let me give this a, a like my full attention and let me really just see how this will work. And so uh, I decided to do that because prior to that, obviously I was working and right. so I wasn't as 
committed to the business and sometimes I would kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. And so he would say, what are we doing? Where are things? And it was just a lot juggling everything. And so making that decision around that time, I think was very helpful to um, really helping us um, really grow. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's actually the first thing I tell any classes when I talk to them or people that, that, you know, aspire to be an entrepreneur is like, you have mm-hmm. to be all in. That's really the only way to push it. And what I'm, one of the things I'm so um, inspired by your story is like, we, we both know plenty of people that are deep into their career that have an idea for a business, want to start their own business, have always wanted to, but it's hard when you've got a daughter, you've got a, a career going, you've got a car, like you sort of like you build this life and to step off that ledge and try to build your own business. And then the added pressure, I think for you with, with your daughter being involved, like, I know you don't want to fail because you know, she's part of it with you. Yes. Um, was that, I mean, it, it sounds like it was an easy decision as easy as that can be, or, or did you struggle with that decision to, to step off that cliff? I would say it wasn't very easy. Uh, so just, you know, it's a, it's a safety net issue, right? So you're used to having that steady income. You're used to having, um, that, that fallback option uh, and just what you've known and familiarity of, you know, you know, I, I loved my jobs. I was always good at them. And so it was just one of those things where, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, so transitioning from Honey Baked Ham, the other company was downsizing. So there were, there were some issues there. Um, so that was, I, I was, I left Honey Baked Ham September of 2018 and so I was already like interviewing and, and thinking through, OK, immediately my next step was like, I'm going to find another job. And so I would say within those few months, um, just, you know, soul searching and thinking through, OK, what are the you know, what do I have um, in terms of a safety net? You know, what really makes sense? Um, and just I debated a lot uh, back and forth. Um, my husband's also an entrepreneur. So, you know, it's, it's, it's never good when two people are. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of back and forth with that. But um, I made that decision ultimately because I said, you know what, let me give it a good shot. And to your point, you know, I want to show Zoe that, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how do we build up our girls to be confident? This is what our brand is all about. So how about put that in action? Actually show her, you know what, where mommy, me and mommy, mommy and you are going to give this a really good shot. And let's see how we can. Um, build this business together. And so made that decision. And I said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't really work out, I can always go back <laughs> and get a job, but at least right. let me, let me try. So your daughter, Zoe, who's yes. nine is yes. a co-founder and two-time author. <laughs> That's yes. nice. And my boss. She's and a CEO. Your boss. She's CEO. <laughs> That is so incredible. Yes, yes <laughs> it's so- incredible. I'm really proud of her because honestly, I think this business has really brought out a side of her I didn't even know existed, to be honest. And I think, you know, our children are are, are all geniuses. I think every child is a genius. It's just about finding mm. what's in them and tapping into that. And um, this was a just a the coincidence that, you know, she sort of expressed um, this desire to start a business. I didn't even know that was in her. Um, but as I um, honed that with, you know, 
working with her and like, you know, showing her everything I was doing and let's think about, you know, let's talk about numbers. And this is what this were explaining those things to her in ways she could understand. Um, I really started to see her blossom. And I'm like, wow, this girl is really something, you know, and I learn a lot from her every single day. Like, you know, she's so creative. She has the best ideas and I just have to keep up with it because a lot of times I'm like, <laughs> so we can only do so much at a certain <laughs> point in time. Uh, but, you know, she's so full of life, so full of ideas, so full of energy for the business. And I think that's so important because at a young age, she's learning things that a lot of adults, you know, I think should learn or don't even have the chance to learn or be exposed to because of, you know, limiting, self-limiting beliefs or because of, you know, different challenges or issues. Some people just don't have the opportunity or luxury to um, step aside and, and, and you know, try something. And so, you know, for her, she's always going to know this world of anything is possible. And you know what? I can do anything if I put my mind to it, if I work hard. And I think those lessons are lessons that will last her a lifetime. And I'm just so grateful that I'm able to help um, steward this mm. amazing human being. So, yeah. Gosh. So, so you've, you've had the business for almost three years, a little over two yes. and a half years. H yes. How are things going? <laughs> said, said like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yes, said like a true entrepreneur, Jeff. You know, you know how it is from a day to day standpoint. Uh, but it's been, I would say, it's been a great journey. So the first year uh, was a lot of trial and error, a lot of just seeing what's working, and then coming from uh, corporate America with millions and millions of dollars in budget, and now you're scrappy and trying to put $2 together to make things happen. You know, we're bootstrapping. Everything was from my personal savings. Uh, so it's been challenging from that perspective, but I would say that first year uh, was great. Uh, we ended the year not, you know, sales-wise, not great, but then we grew 10x um, in 20. Uh, 20. So wow. it was just amazing, you know, mm. in terms of the growth um, and the exposure. And I think it was just as a result of just consistency, right? Yeah. And just continuing to put ourselves out there. Like, you know, you, it's one thing to start and then you might feel discouraged when you don't get the response that you were anticipating. Uh, but then I quickly realized, you know, the more you put yourself out there, uh, you just need more eyeballs on your business. And I think that's really what's key. And so the more we got our story out there, uh, the more we started really leaning into telling the story. Uh, it's a powerful story. And we found ourselves connecting with our community. And I think 2020 with COVID was really a pivotal moment for us because it really allowed, I think the whole world felt it, right? It, almost you have to kind of come back to have a almost like a come to Jesus moment with yourself. Like, okay, what is life about? What is purpose? Like, what are we doing? And what, what is this company really about? And so we always started off with a, um, with a social impact um, in mind. Uh, so we started off with 10% uh, back to girl empowerment organizations. That was from day one. Uh, but I would say last year was when, you know, Zoe said, you know, why don't we do, uh, why don't we do more around with the dolls, like a give one, buy one, give one. And so that's how we sort of decided to pivot to that buy one, give one model. And it's just a great way to make it tangible to our customers and, and, and our, our, our partners, et cetera, that, you know, exactly what their purchase is doing. So you buy a doll, we give a doll. And so for us, it's like, you know, we're helping spread this message of empowerment, spread this message of self-love and confidence to young girls that might not be privileged enough to have a doll of their own because they're in a foster care home, foster home or like they're in a homeless shelter or something like that. And so uh, 2020 was really the year of growth for us. 
It was a year where we really came into our own or we're still coming into our own, of course. But I think we're we're getting a better foundation in terms of really uh, just being clear about our, our mission, our purpose and what we are all about um, and really just driving that message home through everything we do. 2020 was a year, Zoe um, wrote Beautiful Curly Me. And for her, she said, you know, I want to do something where, you know, I, how do we, how do I give girls something to read? Because she loves books. She's uh, obsessed with books. And so she loves to read. She loves to write. Um, and so she started like penning this and, you know, like, you know, affirmations. And it's just, it's a very simple, easy read, but it's such a powerful book because it's, it's something that a, a little girl can look at, can, you know, celebrate herself, sees images of, of, of little girls in there that look like her. And it really, um, the words in the book really are a celebration of herself, her beauty, her curls, her confidence, her, her limitless possibility. Um, and so it's just, it's just a great, uh, great book. And I was really proud for her, you know, of her that, you know, she came up with that idea and actually we were able to bring it to life. Yeah. It's, it's just continues to be part of this story that you've been sharing with me of, having the idea and then following through. I always, I always tell my kids, cause you know, all, all kids, everybody has million dollar ideas. Right. And I yes. always kind of bum them out a little. Cause I'm like, there's really no such thing as a million dollar idea. It's the million dollar execution. Like you got to bring it to life. Everybody yes. has ideas. Yes. Right. And yes. this is what you're doing and showing exactly. your daughter at my goodness, nine. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. So what, what is, do you, do you, do you guys put together a three-year plan, a five-year plan? Do you have a big exit strategy? Like, have you guys thought to that length? So if you ask Zoe, Zoe will tell you, <laughs> she said, I am just getting started. I want my dolls. I want my books. I want to write more books. I want to see our products in the hands of millions of girls around the world. 65% of the world has curly hair, right? And so we have huge audience. So not just in America, outside this country, Africa, the Caribbean, South America. So there's a lot of opportunity um, to really make impact. And so for, for us, I would say our strategy, uh, we don't have, to answer your question, we don't have big five-year plans. We just have, we have vision, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> big picture. Uh, you know, we want to create so many more um, amazing products. We want to create a platform uh, for girls to really be able to connect. And um, Zoe wants to have a beautiful Curly Me physical experience mm -hmm. in every major city. I mean, she tells you, she just has a huge imagination. And so she says, I want a place where girls can come and interact and get their hair done and hang out and play games and learn, you know, learn about STEM and learn about different things and build their confidence in different ways. You know, she's working on a podcast, Jeff, I have to hook up with you so you can give her some tips. I would love to. Oh my goodness. I would love to. <laughs> so she wants to start a podcast, but you know, this, there's a lot more, I guess, on the content and publishing side. Uh, so I would say we're just building. Um, we're still, you know, bootstrapping. We don't have any outside funding. Uh, so right now we're just, you know, we're just building and growing. Who knows what the future holds, but I would say I don't see us exiting anytime soon. <laughs> Left to my girl, she wants to be publicly traded company. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, because kids dream big, but once, once some of their dreams start becoming reality, their yes. dreams must get even bigger. I mean, yes. you know? <laughs> I would say so. Yes. Yes. Does she, yes. I mean, does she, 
is she is she playing sports? Like, does she have any free time? Is she getting home from school and just like I'm ready to to work? No, 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 no. We try to have a, a good balance um, for sure. I mean, there are times, like especially during the holidays when it's busy, that you know, yeah. obviously we have to to work really hard. Last holiday was insane because it was COVID and we really didn't have outside help, so it was mm. both of us packing up. Wow. Hundreds and hundreds of orders. It was a lot. Um, but yeah, so she she definitely works hard in the business, but I, I definitely like to let her be a nine-year-old girl. And so she plays tennis twice a week. Uh, she does track in the summer. She plays the piano. She hangs out with her friends. She reads books. Like, she's always in a novel. <laughs> so she definitely is a well-rounded nine-year-old girl that's doing her own thing. But yeah, she works in the business for sure. So we try to make it where school obviously is priority. She comes home from school. She does homework, things like that. And then, you know, she, the other activity she has during the week. And then a lot of times during the weekends is when we'll do some stuff around the business. If she has to shoot videos or things like that or some, you know, we'll sneak in things during the week. But, um, but yeah, but in the summer, obviously she's, she's open. So that's when she works full time on yeah. <laughs> <Curly> me. <laughs> My gosh. So, so what advice do you have for parents who I think probably most of us have kids who have ideas and and they want to explore them? Like, is there some steps you'd recommend to see how serious it is or what, what advice would you give? I would say definitely um, listen to them. It's very important to, to hear them out, make, make them, you know, don't let them feel like you're just brushing them off or blowing them off. And if a child is serious, they will keep repeating like Zoe did. (laughs) But, you know, every child has different personalities. Some kids might get discouraged and just sort of give up. So I would say it's important to listen to them and I would say expose them. So expose them to entrepreneurship, expose them to just different interests. Like something, if they talk to you about, oh, I'm interested in, you know, starting a a jewelry business or makeup or whatever, like maybe sign them up for a summer camp um, in that area so that they can learn a little bit more and see if that's something that they're really passionate about. And I would say you just can gauge it from there, but there's a lot of resources out there right now for, for children. There's other children that are doing businesses. So I think it's important uh, for us to not discount our kids <laughs> because yep. they could be the next Zoe. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, seriously, like I'm going to have my kids start consuming her content. I mean, listen, she's about to, she, maybe she needs to stop. That's one thing she talked about doing. She might start a little entrepreneurship uh, academy or something like that. Who knows? Sign us know. up. Sign <laughs> us up. The world needs a little more Zoe in it. <laughs> yes, yes. But I would say, yeah, definitely. I think our children, like I said earlier, our children are all so brilliant and we just have to find what what works for them. Every child is not going to want to start a business, but if your child expresses that, I would take it seriously and I would, you know, do what you can to, to really encourage them to, to follow their dreams. It's yeah. Important. That's wonderful. Well, I, uh, I know you've got to get back to running a business, so I will, uh, <laughs> I will let you go, but I just, I just want to say how inspiring all of this is. And I, I know that, um, there are parts of your story that I think can hit all sorts of the listeners of this podcast. I mean, again, I know lots of folks who want to start a business later in their career, and that's very hard. Um, want to be more involved with their children. I mean, th- there's so many, I, that's why I said like, this story is really inspiring to me. It's made me like, all right, here's a final question. Just, just a little advice for me. I've got a couple of my kids that absolutely want to write a book. They're constantly drawing, you Amazing. know, sections of books and stuff. So did, did you say to Zoe, great, you want to write a book. So work on the first draft. And when you get it, there, then we'll talk or did, how did, how did you do it? That's exactly right. Okay. So 
put it on them. It's yeah. not your job to do it for them. So, I mean, you're an author, so obviously they see that and they're inspired. And I can't wait to get your book, by, I mean, to get into your book, by the way. I just got it. Oh, uh, the thanks. great team turnaround. Yeah, because our next step of growth is building a team and I need every help <laughs> I can get. <'cause> <laughs> so I'm excited to get into the book. Uh, but I would say... Yes. Put it on them. If they're serious, let them show you. I mean, you can sit down and brainstorm with them in terms of what they, you know, the book is supposed to be about. But yes, with her, in her case, and I, what I would advise anyone is have them outline the book, have them start. And then, I mean, your job is to kind of help edit or, you know, mm-hmm. finesse it a little bit. Um, because of course, if they, especially depending on how old they are, they might not get it all right. But it's important for them to outline it and let it come from them. And then once they have it, what, did you just find an artist that you knew or did you use some online site or how'd you do that? In this case, yes. Online sites all okay. day, freelancers all day. Yes. So yes, I <laughs> went on <laughs> Upwork and found a freelance um, illustrator and, uh, you know, kind of it communicated the vision to them. And, you know, she, you know, it was a lot iterative process, which Zoe was very involved in. Um, and just to make sure we brought the book to life the way she envisioned it. And then, you know, again, a lot of research on our part uh, to figure out how to publish and what made sense. And, you know, we started off the Amazon route and then now we actually um, have our own imprint. So we just publish, self-publish ourselves and print the books and distribute awesome. ourselves as well. So cool. So cool. Okay. Yes. Well, thanks again for taking the time to chat with me. Um, if if people, people should go to the website, you want to tell what that is? Yeah. So our website is beautifulcurlyme.com. And our Instagram and Facebook, all the socials at Beautiful Curly Me. And yeah, Zoe goes live weekly and she does uh, bedtime books and more. So she's reading a story and she's sharing confidence tips and inspiration. So definitely get the kids and uh, check check that out. So yeah, just follow us on social media at Beautiful Curly Me and shop on the website. Again, it's buy one, give one. So for every doll that's purchased, we give one to a young girl in need. Zoe has a big goal this year of a thousand dolls to give away. <laughs> well, she said five thousand, but then I think she was like, "We'll do it a thousand at a time." <laughs> so a thousand dolls to give away um, to young underprivileged girls, and so uh, we're definitely open to we're we're, we're hitting oh, we're close to our goal. We're at I think about six hundred right now, wow. so we have four hundred dolls to go. So, you know, any companies that want to purchase um, dolls in bulk, um, we're looking at exploring those types of partnerships that, you know, maybe companies that are interested in just doing a big give back push. Um, But individuals are definitely um, obviously welcome to as they purchase dolls, we are putting a doll aside to give away. So very excited about the initiative. Uh, We partner with Atlanta Mission last holiday to do like kind of the first um, round of of these um, doll giveaways. And the response was just so amazing. And it's just so great to be able to do something like that, to really impact girls that are not in desirable conditions. And so this year we really wanted to expand it and partner with a lot more organizations. And so, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's challenging. It's everything, but it, it's, it's great. That's great. Well, I'll put links <laughs> in the show notes for this. So thank you thank so you. much for, for this. And um, I hope yeah. to see you soon. Yes. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. 
I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 